What if every day you had the chance to experience more love and intimacy in your life? We're going to be sharing stories of struggles and triumphs in love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. Enjoy this podcast with Dawn Richard. Wake up to real love. Hi, everyone. This is Dawn Richard, also known as The Awakening with Dawn, and this is the Wake Up to Real Love podcast, where we share stories of struggles and triumphs in love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. I am so honored today to um, introduce my guest, Wendy Darling, who is here with me. Hi, Wendy. Hi. Hi, Dawn. I'm so glad to have you here. Um, I just told you, you're such a Renaissance woman. Wendy is the co-founder of GTD, Go the Distance Consulting, and the Miraculous Living Institute, committed to you achieving your results. With over 38 years of experience as a management and organizational development consultant, corporate influencer, relationship and transformational results expert, speaker, seminar facilitator, master healer and coach, which I'm going to ask you a lot about. Her entire career has been dedicated to the decoding of what needs to happen to create results. She works with those who are going for it, but something is holding them back, causing unnecessary interference. Wendy blends her psychology, management, and organizational development experience with her unique healing gifts and processes into what is now the Miraculous Living Method, a comprehensive system that creates permanent change. The steps are simple, the results profound. Her clients finally achieve their desired results, having greater influence and impact in their lives. Wendy's a professional speaker, number one international best-selling author of The Miracle That Is Your Life. If you haven't read it, please do. It's a must, must read. She's mm-hmm. been featured on TV and radio, Forbes and other publications. Wendy's clients repeatedly refer to her, wave your magic wand, as their personal <laughs> fairy godmother. <laughs> Welcome, Wendy darling. Yes, thank you. A couple of things I want to just say right off the bat. First of all, this is actually sometime this year. I never wrote the date down, but this is actually the beginning of 40 years since I started my business. Yeah. Wow. And I never, I never, ever named myself a fairy godmother. It (laughs) literally, it just kept following me and finally said, okay, fine. There could be a whole lot of worse um, affiliations. So I don't really believe I'm a fairy godmother, but I love that people feel that way after they work with me. It's so funny because a lot of times with my clients, I would pick up my pen and say, okay, I'm going to wave my magic wand and poof, (laughs) your changes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is what happened. I'm okay. I'm actually, I wanted to start because I saw on your Facebook page, this beautiful, YouTube video that you put up about gratitude. And from reading your book, I just got the feeling that that is a huge part of your life. So do you want to start by saying what you're grateful for and why is gratitude so important to you? Oh, well, it is a part of my life. Um, I'm always looking for what I'm grateful for. It's how I start my day. I, you know, I have the gift that I live in Southern California. And as we're recording this, it is early January. And, you know, it was in, it's cool for me, but it was in the low 60s and sunny and just beautiful. And I got to go out for a walk for about an hour. And so I always find things to be grateful for. You know, sometimes it's, it's beyond easy. You know, I'm always including my son, my sweetheart, you know, my friends, my family. Um, But there are days that I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head, that I have money in the bank, that I have breath that is working. My heart is beating. Um, And so I always find that when I start to get into that space, um, life just gets a little bit gentler and easier. How how long has that been important to you? I mean, were you always a grateful person, do you think? Probably not consciously like I am today. Ooh, that's a hard question. Um, so I'm going to say no um, because I just wasn't aware of it. My life was, in a lot of ways, um, very easy 
but also very troubling and trying in my younger years. Um, so I don't know, but there was a pivotal time in my life in the 1990 that really shifted all of that dramatically. Is that when you had your accident? It is. Yeah. Yeah. So you, before your accident, you were a big corporate organizational consultant. That's correct. Yeah. And so you, I mean, you mentioned in your book that you were traveling, you were on the road a lot, you were, I don't know, giving workshops or conferences, or you want to explain a little bit about it. And because I want to, I want to set the picture up of how your life completely transformed. Okay. Okay. Um, well, at that time, um, my career has evolved over the years. And, um, and at that period of time, yes, I was doing consulting work, which translates to could be uh, training and development. It also mm-hmm. could be working with uh, corporate executives um, and really looking at what's going on, what needs to happen. I've done strategic plans in the past. Um, so it, it just varied. And at least at the period of time that you're speaking about, I had a pretty significant contract with the Fortune 100 company. Mm-hmm. And I was flying all over the country, training um, business owners and managers um, in, in a certain arena. And so you had a child. I did. You had a child, and yet you are still doing all of this traveling, yes. which, which I think is, I think it's really interesting, um, especially during that time. I feel like you know, men, it was sort of assumed that um, you know that they could travel, but for a woman, was that different? I mean, did people look at you differently? Like, how could you leave your kid? I don't think so. Um, if they did, they didn't tell me about it. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, I was fortunate where my former husband, who was an, an attorney, mm-hmm. um, had a, a stable position where we were living. So he rarely traveled. On occasion, he would, but not very often. So it, and it wasn't like I was traveling all the time. And, and so, um, this is all way before we had opportunities to do things like we're doing today on Zoom. Um, so no. And the other thing is that you're right. I was in the minority in terms of women doing what I was doing. A lot of the people that I worked with were men. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also was doing what I could to empower women. Mm -hmm. So uh, many years ago, I wrote and facilitated a women in management program, you know, really looking at, you know, what can we do to empower ourselves more and work within our, you know, constraints or opportunities. And what was also interesting back then was I wrote and facilitated a section that was a bit controversial. My boss was a little apprehensive, but I wanted to, I wanted to open up the conversation and it was women working with women mm-hmm. because at that time, more so than now, it still exists to some extent, but significantly less. Women were more competitive. Women were not necessarily supporting each other as much. And I wanted that to shift because I saw all of us having more opportunity if we came together and worked together. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think even, even still uh, women struggle with this, you know, there's a, there's a sense of women have to show up more masculine in order to succeed. Yeah. And I was, yeah. Um, I was very driven back then. I definitely was more masculine. Um, you know, I wore very tailored suits and all of that. Of course, I had to look the part. And you're right. You know, there was probably a little bit more pressure of proving myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember, I, I've, I, thank, I have thanked my mother many times, but I've always looked a little bit younger than my age. So I You was still do. Up. 
<laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> and um, and so, um, you know, some of these guys would be like, well, who's this whippersnapper trying to tell me what to do? And quite honestly, in my consulting, I try to pull out the genius that exists within a, an organization, within a team. Mm-hmm. I'm not there to say, you need to do this. Do I have ideas at times? Of course. But my job is to really just ask a lot of questions and pull out that genius and work with it in a way that we find solutions that really work. Um, So my area of expertise is not like, oh my gosh, I am just high and mighty expert. In fact, the best gift that happened to me very early in my career, I was assigned to work with a group of computer programmers. Mm -hmm. And this is many, many, many years ago. I had never even touched a computer. (laughs) And that this was my very first consulting assignment. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, I saw my career ending before it even began, but it was the best gift because I've always been a curious person. In high school, my nickname was Nose. Not because I have a big one, but I was always curious. You know, I was always asking questions. And that's what I did. I went in and I asked questions. And the answer revealed itself. Uh And I left, and in a short time, by the way. And I left going, oh, that's how it can work. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have to know your business. I just have to figure out ways to ask the questions to get the, as I call it, the genius that exists within that environment. Well, Um, and then didn't you mention in graduate school, people said, oh, you're great at diagnostics. You're a great diagnostician. Yes. Yeah. So my graduate school professor who I begged to get into his practicum. Um, he, it's, it's actually a cute story, if you don't mind. Yeah, he, of course. I mean, I begged to get into his practicum. He was like the it professor. And, and so, um, but he was also known for putting people on the hot seat. Mm. And I was watching person by person by person. <laughs> Getting burned in the hot seat. Yeah. And I finally went to him and I just said, when are you going to put me on the hot seat? And he said, well, what makes you think I'm going to put you on the hot seat? I said, well, it's kind of looking like you're putting everybody else on the hot seat. And he said, well, let's look at this a little closer. He said, when I'm putting somebody on the hot seat, they're very resistant to getting feedback. He said, you're always open to feedback. He said, besides, you're just this extraordinary diagnostician. And I'm like, you know, it would have been nice if you would have told me that. I could maybe have been enjoying this experience a lot more. And, and, but this also brings home a point. I didn't know that I was that. I didn't know that that was one of my gifts, one of my skills. And, and a lot of times we don't know because it's such a natural part of who you are. You just think everybody's like that. Right. And so, you know, really discovering those, those pieces of gold, platinum, whatever, um, within you that makes you special and unique is so important to really living a high quality and productive and profitable life. Well, I mean, this is a lot of what you talk about in your book, um, because so many people don't take the time to examine what's going on inside of themselves, right? They just sort of go on autopilot, just doing what they think they should do. I mean, you even said that, um, you know, in your own life, you sort of were doing things according to maybe what your parents what you thought your parents thought you should do. And yep. so, you know, how do, how do people wake up to recognize what's more authentic for themselves? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, we're taping this in the midst of COVID-19. And we have, for the most part, had a forced timeout. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this is coincidental. 
I think it's an up, you know, it's a very unfortunate period of time. I, I don't want to paint the, an inaccurate picture. I have personally lost um, a relative. Ooh, I've lost sorry. a very, very close friend of mine. Sorry. Um, and I've known so many others that have actually struggled with this. So I don't believe it's pretend. Um, but how people are managing it is the opportunity for a, a reassessment and a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. Because most people, many, I shouldn't say most, but many, because I don't have numbers, um, many people have lived kind of like hamsters on the wheel. Yep. They're just busy, 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 busy. Um, if they're not busy, they're on their phone, they're looking at social media. You know, there's so many distractions today. Right. And, you know, we've been forced to do things differently. You know, I'm personally blessed because I work with people remotely and have for many years. And the big difference is I'm just not going in person or speaking on stages. Right. It's been okay. Um, and, And so I think the other, so typically, certainly was my case, we don't necessarily become reflective when life is just easy breezy and a piece of cake. typically it's either when something has happened that takes us to our knees or something happens that has us question, you know, is this really what I want? You know, like you mentioned, um, probably my parents did influence me to a certain extent in terms of my career path early, earlier in life. Um, And a lot of people are like that or, we probably both know your listeners probably also know people that have reached a certain point in their life and career. And it's like, is this all there is? Right. Or I thought I was doing all the right things and I'm burned out. I'm tired. I'm lonely. Mm -hmm. Um, This, you know, so there's typically something weighing heavy on their heart that is having them take a step back. And reassessing and trying and going, what's up? You know, and I think that it's, I mean, I've been doing this myself for a whole lot of time, a whole lot of my life. You know, as I've mentioned, well, maybe not to your audience, you know, I'm 69, rapidly approaching seeing seven zero, which just boggles my mind. mind. Yeah, it's like, how did that happen? Um, I'm still just 17. (laughs) In a lot of ways, there's a little (laughs) truth to that. And so so I still explore. I still keep reaching. I still keep, I mean, I still work on myself. I, you know, I want to make sure that I'm in alignment and in a good place for the people in my life, for my clients. And so it's You're still curious too. Yeah, I'm still curious. I'm always looking for easier, better, faster. <laughs> I mean, I've found pretty good ways. <laughs> but yeah, you know, if there's anything I, I kind of tweak and it's like, ooh, you know, that's a little bit better. I like it. Yeah. But, well, you talked you talked in your book about the the roadblocks and the detours and the red light, green light, yellow light. I mean, you know, all the ways that life has a way of stopping you in your tracks. And so, do you want to you want to share how your accident stopped you in your tracks and caused you to redirect your entire life? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, you know, as, as we've already mentioned, I was doing corporate consulting and training and development, and I was working with um, a Fortune 100 company, and I was traveling all over. And my work schedule at that time was pretty wild. And I had gotten sick. Um, I was really, really sick. I was not taking good care of myself. I was on a juice fast and a juice fast back then was not like they are today. I mean, I was being highly irresponsible. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I was really, really sick to my stomach. I, but 
I was scheduled to leave to fly from Texas to LA. And being the recovered uh, workaholic, I just was like, well, of course I'm going to go. Of course. And while I was at the Dallas-Fort Worth airport, I uh, went outside, obviously way before the restrictions that we have today. And I went outside and I passed out and I fell over a ledge and I fell approximately 25 feet. That's awful. So the good news in some ways is that I landed on my right leg and my right leg was shattered. I had multiple surgeries and it was about 10 and a half, 11 months before I knew I could walk again, which I do. Wow. I had some back fractures, was in a back brace for um, a few months and that too took um, took place. And uh, I also was later diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury, which took a very long time to recover from. I still have some challenges today. I, um, I know how to deal with them rather well, mm-hmm. um, but they're minor compared to what it could be. Yeah. Uh, the real blow, unfortunately, came when I was... Um, I think it was around week four being in the hospital and my former husband came suitcases packed and said he no longer wished to be married any longer. And even though I take full responsibility for my portion that contributed to that decision, it was, the timing was so, so bad. (sighs) The timing was not good. And I was already in a very vulnerable place. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I also could appreciate his choice. Um, and, and the real, real blow, though, came um, when we went to court. He happens to be an attorney. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was awarded full custody of our son, who was only four and a half at the time. And unfortunately, that's really when I broke into a whole lot of pieces. There was nothing I loved more than being my son's mom. It was, I mean, I don't know. I know you're a parent. um, And it would break my heart. It did. Yeah. And, And something snapped, literally snapped inside of me. I was, I actually was not well. I had to reach out to Um, a doctor and say something's really wrong Mm -hmm. and so it took a very long time and then it was after that that I also learned that I had a brain injury Mm -hmm. because at that time that was not in the forefront you know we didn't have that much information like we have today right not to mention I had so much physical trauma that you know nobody thought that that could be an issue um, so, so it was my mom who suggested maybe I might want to learn how to meditate. I mean, was that something, was that something she, she did? did? She did. Um, she became a TM person at some point. Um, I never did TM, but at the time, you know, I was so traumatized by all of this. I thought, well, you know, listen, I'll try anything right now. And so, you know, it, so I found, I got referred to somebody that taught meditation. It wasn't TM. I don't know what it was. Um, And we just met in somebody's home and little by little, I remember going to Michael, the instructor and saying, you know, it's just so strange because quieting my mind back then was a complete impossible. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had a mind that was just going berserko. And, and I said, it's just, just I said, every time I feel like maybe my mind is going to relax, I get this urge to sing. And he said, well, sing. And I started laughing. I said, you don't understand. I actually have people in my life that suggest I not do that. And he looked at me and kind of went, Wendy, just do it. So I went back to my little place in, in the house that we were in. And I allowed this singing to come out. And it's melodic. Um, okay, can I, just, can I ask you, is it light language? Do maybe. you know what that is? Yes. Yeah. 
Um, and so, um, so I, the gift of that was that um, my mind relaxed, my body relaxed. And I was living at that time in Dallas, um, which is probably another little part of the story. But um, I had a, a really nice walk-in closet and I would go inside it to do my meditation and the singing stuff because mm -hmm. it, it felt good. And I had a roommate at that time, one of my best friends still today. And she would say, can I come and sit with you while you do that singing stuff? And I'm like, okay. And then I was back at this person's house again. And I'm walking by this guy. And out of my mouth comes oh, you have a block around your heart. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, well, where the hell did that come from? I mean, it just, it just came out. It wasn't like I, I saw it, I thought it and said it. It was like, boom. And what was so interesting that probably freaked me out a little bit more was this man's son was just an incredible intuitive. He was just very gifted. Mm -hmm. And he was kind of further back from me. And so I'm still walking ahead and I can hear him. And he's saying to the same person, Hey, you've got a block around your heart. Wow. And I'm like, what's happened to me? Wow. So I started to play with it and, you know, started to recognize that I was able to see energy. I was using the sound healing to help smooth it out. Um, in 2001, I started to receive and create what I now call my uh, Miraculous Living Transformational Cards. Mm -hmm. They were a kind of spiritual paint-by-number designs that also holds an energy of frequency to them. And so the sound healing by itself is very effective. Um, the cards by themselves also is a beautiful and very effective um, modality. When, but I started to combine them. Mm -hmm. and, and so when you put your hands on the cards and you listen to one of my audios or if you have me working with you, um, it creates a very unique circuitry that truly allows for the release of anything interfering, holding you back from experiencing what I call your miraculous life. Mm -hmm. And so what's really beautiful about that is that um, I'm having one of my little moments. You see, this is one of my moments where I kind of forget wh what I was saying. This is, th these are the little tweaks. Uh -huh. When I speak on stages, um, I actually tell people about my brain injury and say, listen, there may come a time that I might black out a little bit. Hmm. And so you're going to have to listen really closely. You're going to have to tell me what I was just talking about. And we're in that moment. <laughs> you're, you're talking about your, your healing system, the cards yes. and the sounds and how, and the colors, how they're all interrelated. Yeah. I think what also separates, Separates me from a lot of practitioners is I don't just believe in release work. I want to make sure that you are able to live the life you want because a lot of people do release work and it's very good. But if you don't work with the mind, you risk um, defaulting back into old patterns. Mm -hmm. So part of the part of the system is also brain training where um, we may start with some core statements, affirmations um, to work with that helps to align. And while you, while you continue to work with those, it's strengthening your, your neuropathway. Either it's created a new one or strengthening an existing one. Mm -hmm. But also because it's a higher vibration, it continues to release anything that's not in alignment with that statement. And then we gradually progress to writing what I refer to as scenarios, which is really 
something you refer to, and I do as well, waving your magic wand and really getting into your heart and your heart's desires Mm -hmm. about how you want to be living and experiencing your life. Mm -hmm. And when we get to that place, "Mm, it's pretty sweet. Well, it's, it's to me, you know, when I was reading through your whole book, it was just like, I felt spirit the whole Mm -hmm. time, you know, and, and when you were saying that song came out, I mean, I was like, I wonder because I because I listened to your um, interview with Adam Markle, Markel, Markel, and he Uh was saying, "Oh, it wasn't quite a song. It was I I didn't know what to call it." And I was like, "I bet it's light language." You know, this this like beautiful, melodious, but sounds that and maybe words that don't necessarily make sense to the human mind. Um, but it's, it's really spirit that's guiding you. I mean, that's what it felt. That's what it felt like to me. You know, well, I definitely feel that, um, when I do this body of work, cause I don't go walking around going, Oh, look at that person's energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I turn it on when I work with people, mm-hmm. uh, that has integrity to me. You know, there are people that have tried to read me and I'm highly intuitive now and I can a lot of times feel it. And I'm like, you know, it's a violation in my world. Mm-hmm. You know, you do not have permission to right. do that. Right. You know, that's out of integrity. Yeah. So, yes, um, I just, I just, I'm gifted in that I can just open up and let this come through me. And it doesn't matter if you're sitting across from me, next to me, or in Australia, because I've done all of them. And, and it's really beautiful. I'm able to close my eyes, and I see your energy. I see where things are stuck. I already know what's going on. Um, yes, I'm able to say, oh, this happened then. But the thing that I really like about my system is we create your future, We don't spend a lot of time on your past. You can't do anything about the past except let it go. Right. And, but, but early in my career, it was always find it and fix it. Mm -hmm. And, and so especially what we know about the, how the brain works today, we're constantly trying to find, well, what else needs to be fixed? And you're just reinforcing that pattern in your brain. And so this way, it starts freeing you more and more of that. And it's beautiful because I've worked with um, women that have been abused and they don't have to relive it. It's enough that they lived it, you know, in a very, in a very short time, they are freed from that. And I could give you so many more examples, but it's really, you know, um, I sometimes tease, I kind of wish it would have happened a little bit gentler, um, but, (laughs) You can't, you, know, you can't help the how. You can only choose to follow that or not follow that, right? Yeah, well, now I don't know any other way. I yeah. wouldn't want it any other way, even if I had a choice. <laughs> well, I, think, I don't even know how that would be today. I think that's the beauty of it. And I think that that's what so many people struggle with, Wendy, because things happen to us. I mean, in my own in my own life, it was my marriage that was very hurtful to me. And, um, you know, I kept asking why, 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 you know, I had the professional experience. And, um, you know, I mean, I was very communicative and did all the right things, quote, unquote. Um, But I was, you know, it was like, I can't change him, I can only change myself. Right. right. I'm only responsible for myself and my own emotional well-being. I can't rely on him to create my happiness for me. Um, But I think so many people get stuck because they don't. And and this is one of the things that I wanted to ask you, because it's because it is a lot of mind chatter for ourselves. But I also think I also um, think and feel that it's this spiritual disconnection when we're out of alignment? You know, I think I I would like to maybe even look at it a little bit differently. I think as we evolve as a human being, we, um, certain relationships um, fulfill their, their purpose. And I think that people still today 
stigmatize a completion of a relationship. You know, I have been married. Um, I've also been divorced. And I don't refer to it as divorce any longer. I refer to it as a completion. Yeah. I Because it served its purpose. And it took me into a more conscious way of living. And it's been, I mean, it's been a journey. I, you know, I had a mom when I was young that was highly, highly critical and abusive, physically, mentally, all of that. And so my self-worth and self-esteem and my awareness even of who I was, um, was not so great. And so it really has taken me a lot of my life to really embrace who I am. And I've been blessed along the way that I've had lovely people in my life and an opportunity to learn and grow even through my clients. And so, um, so for that, I think if I would have a wish, it would be to take the stigma off of it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't know what forever means any longer. You know, we all hope for, I mean, I have really wonderful friends who have been married forever and they will go the distance. Um, they're in the minority. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had friends that had a brief marriage, but now they've also, I, ha- I have friends in very healthy relationships. And, and so um, I would just like to see the stigma removed where people are gentler because uh, we've all had times, I'm not an easy quitter on anything. And, you know, to be able to say, this isn't working, mm-hmm. uh, takes a lot. And it also becomes very uncomfortable and scary of what the unknown may bring. Right. But I always believe that when something doesn't work out in a certain way, you've been spared. You're giving, been given an opportunity for really further growth, for further and greater happiness. Yeah. And if it's around your business, you know, for opportunities within that as well. You know, a lot of people will stay in a relationship for financial reasons. And yeah, maybe at first it's it's not so easy. Boy, there was a, a chunk of time that I was, you know, really rubbing two nickels together. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm here. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, so... I think that becomes really important. Well, I, um, I've, I've, I mean, that's one of the that's one of the big things that I talk about is like dropping the judgment, you know, that that we have both for ourselves and for other people. It's like I'm not um, my divorce or my ending, my completion of my marriage um, is just a part of my journey. It doesn't define who I am or who I want to be. Yeah. It was it was the thing that led me to doing this podcast. You know, my my pain, I'm trying to turn it into something that is hopefully helping heal other people so that they can see that there's life beyond whatever struggle that you have. Yeah, I work with a lot of single women. Um because who maybe have either achieved a certain amount of success, but they're not in a relationship. You know, somebody like you who's been divorced, it was it was really tough. Maybe still have children at home or maybe kids are leaving and now they're going, uh-oh, it's now just what? me. <laughs> yeah. And um, I have to face know, myself been, now. Yeah, there's been a whole mix um, of people within that. And what I love is freeing people of, the pain, the angst, the disappointment, the feelings of failure, or a lot of people I have to say are wondering, you know, I hear, oh, there's just not that many good men out there, Mm -hmm. or I've tried this, I've tried that. And I'm like, okay, fine. Well, you can make yourself right, or we can start working with listening to your heart more Mm -hmm. and clearing out all this chitter chatter that's going on. So I believe in every fiber of my being, that if you have a desire in your heart, it is your truth. And you need to find a way to follow that. This is really our second brain. It is not to be the leader. 
the heart is the brain that you want to, that you really want to follow. This brain in your head comes up with all different ideas and, and suggestions to fulfill your heart's desire. And of course, we once, one of the things I help people with is really open up to their guidance. And, you know, we work on different things so that we close that gap, whether it be attracting love, growing your business, starting a new business. I've worked with women who, um, who have divorced. Their kids are heading out to college. They're going to be empty nesters. You know, one client comes to mind, you know, we created a whole strategy. She wanted to move from Chicago, where you are, to Southern California. We figured out how that could happen. And we found ways to make it so easy. And she's just been thriving here. Wow. So um, I think I think anything's possible. How how do you know the desires of your heart? I mean, this is this is a question I think that many people have because a lot of times no one ever bothers to ask, including yourself, what do I really want? And I mean, you talked a bit about the difference between a wish and a desire because you're really talking about something that's really deep seated within you. You can feel it. Um, you know, I've, I always had, and you know, it's, it's, it's um, a very fine line between a wish and a desire. Mm-hmm. I think a desire aligns more with the contribution that you want to ultimately be making. And these desires are either reward points, you know, or reinforcement that, yeah, I'm doing what I was meant to be doing here on earth. Or it's, a, it's, it's um, just simply a, a reward of, of all of that. So I, I think you just feel it. You know, it's, it's just that simple. It just, a wish sometimes is just maybe up here. Mm-hmm. A desire you really feel in your heart. You know, for a long time, I des- deeply desired um, a happy, healthy, intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I felt it. Now, I'm, I was blessed that I always knew that there was somebody special for me. I didn't know how, I didn't know when, I didn't know who. Right. But I just knew. Um, and so, and yes, yes, there were times I became cynical. There were times that I um, wondered if I had officially become delusional. And, but they were few and far between. And, you know, I just kept living my life and doing my work. And when I say doing my work, I'm not just talking about with my clients. I'm talking about myself. Right. And so, um, so you just, you just start examining, just start exploring, you know, like we talked about earlier, magic wand time. You know, if you could live any kind of life, how would you want to be living it? Don't worry if it's a wish or a desire. You know, what, what, what are your dreams? I was just, that, that, that word just popped up in my head. It's like, what are your dreams? And I think, yeah. you know, when you're, when you're a little kid, that's how you live in dreamland. And then as you grow older, people say, stop dreaming. You know, you need to be realistic. <laughs> I yeah. was like, I was always realistic. <laughs> yeah. That's boring. Yes. You know, for example, um, I'm, as we've talked about, I lived for a period of time in Dallas and in Texas. I lived also in East Texas for a while. That was a real pleasant experience. <laughs> and, um, and so I had a desire to live in a home that had a view of the ocean. Mm. And... And so, and I could even see a home. I mean, I was standing in my home, looking out at my pool, the backyard, the ocean. I've, I've had this image for a very long time. Now, remember, I was living in Dallas. Right. Today, I live in Carlsbad, California. I do not have that home yet. However, I live, if, if I'm in my car, I probably can get to the ocean in about five, six, seven minutes. I don't think I've ever fully timed it. I'm close. 
And I think it's pretty safe to say I'm a whole lot closer than I was when I lived in Dallas. So that tells me, you know, that I'm on track. And the truth of the matter is, will I ever have that home? Yep, it's probably very possible. Is it really critical? Nope. (laughs) Isn't that like you have to, you can't be attached to the outcome? Because I think, because I think too, which is one of the other questions I wanted to ask you is about when you wrote about, you know, you have to feel the feelings of the result. And, and I think a lot of people have a hard time doing that. I mean, myself included sometimes because I think, well, I've never experienced. So how, how do I know how it's going to feel? Well, you know, you can make it up. Uh, It's just that simple. You know, I've had those times too. You know, I just kind of play with it and imagine, gosh, what would it feel like, you know, to be in that home and, 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 you know, looking at it, the ocean or, or uh, going, gosh, going to the gym and, or having a gym in my house. Um, So I think, you know, it's just pretend. Um, I think the more we can use our imagination Uh, You may be familiar with David Hawkins, who was a doctor who did a 30-year body of work that culminated in his book, Power Versus Force. Mm -hmm. And he created a scale. And that scale showed how different emotions carry a certain energy, a certain vibration, a certain frequency. And, and so things like anger and frustration and sadness, those you could probably guess just even thinking about it, you know, when you feel sad, you know, you're not feeling so great. Right. And so then, but then when you get into happier, you know, happiness and joy and love, you can, it's like, it pulls you up Mm -hmm. and we're at a time in our country in our world that we need a whole lot more love. We need a whole lot more kindness Mm -hmm. and a lot more acceptance. And so the gift also that I felt his body of work helped me with, because at that time, you know, I was doing my best to explain what I do. And I have to say, I still can't completely say what I do, but I like that. You know, it's like, hey, listen, you don't have to figure everything out. Sometimes things just work. Right. And but I do have a lot more language than I did many years ago. And what I love, though, in this body of work is how if you're feeling happiness, if you're feeling love, for example, it overrides thousands and thousands of others. So it's like you're this beam that's that's going out into the ethers and filling up other people's love wells. Mm-hmm. And I speak at conferences, I speak at youth conferences, not so much recently, um, but I teach kids how to do this. I I have a demonstration and I teach kids how to do this because I say, you know, those guys that you're talking about, kids, I should say, because it's girls and boys, Mm -hmm. um, that you call bullies. These are actually, these are actually kids that have just had their hearts stomped on. And this is this is how they've learned how to survive because they don't know how to their deal with it. protective mechanism. And so all you have to do is literally just silently sit there and you can send them love. I have seen this happen. I can demonstrate it. I've done it. I've done it in restaurants. I've even just today, you know, we have a, um, we happen to be taping this um, on the day that um, that there's been some rioting and protesting in, in Washington D.C. with all this election stuff. And I just sat down and just started sending love mm-hmm. to all these people that are so angry and frustrated and feeling like they've been screwed and. And just sending them love because people don't react that way when they're happy. Right. And they, in my world, you know, something's happened where they're feeling slighted 
in some way or another. And yes, it's being targeted in this direction, but that's not the only thing. And so, so it's really a gift. So easy for every single person to do. We, you know, if we pull to get, keep pulling together and do this, we can literally transform our country and our world. Mm-hmm. But this has, this has to start with this love inside yourself. Yes. Right. Which is sometimes a hard journey. Which, it, which is, I, I feel like it's the hardest journey because sometimes it's easier for us to love other people than it is to love ourselves. But what I'll say to that is the good news is you have the skills. So you just need to apply the same acts of kindness and generosity towards yourself. Yeah, it's like, what, what would your best girlfriend say or guy friend tell you, you know? Yeah. And it's like, but again, you can just fill yourself with love. Yeah, I, I like, do you want to, will you share how you wrote about that in the book? I don't remember. What don't do you remember? Mean? It was, um, you said you put, you put your, your armor of love on and you like feel it pouring down from the, from the heavens. You said you can either, it can either be like sparkly or it can be like a flowing and you just fill yourself up with love and then it's like grounded down into the earth. And then you just send out this beautiful energy of love. Well, that was a pretty great description. <laughs> yeah, I see it as a crystal, like diamond-like crystals coming uh-huh. down that fill me up. Uh-huh. Um, and and yes, I think it's important to have um, good energy boundaries. Uh, I think it's uh, it's very easy to just visualize, kind of uh, like. Oh, what, what is, I'm trying to think what it is, but transformers where they, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. it, it just oh, comes yeah. around you uh-huh. and, and to have the intention, intentions can be very powerful that anything that's not of your highest good just doesn't even come near you. Mm-hmm. I get nothing like that in my life. I mean, if I do, I can't even remember the last time anything wonky like that might've happened. I was going to say, you probably just don't notice it. You know, it's like happening out there, but in your world, because that's your intention of just being loving kindness. And I, and I think, I think that's part of it too, is that, you know, we, a lot of times we feel this um, need to like be perfect. Like I don't have any struggles. I don't have any issues. There's nothing, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have challenges or whatever, but this is, this is the part of the loving kindness and acceptance that you have for yourself. It's like, no, I have stuff to deal with. I mean, I was reading your book going, oh yeah, I'm out of, I'm, I'm not aligned in a few areas in my life. Um, And yet I shouldn't beat myself up for it either. No, it's a, it's a journey. And by the way, one of, um, when my son was young, he was like a little Buddha boy. He used to say some of the most amazing things where I'd be like, who's the parent and who's the child? And <laughs> they definitely are the parent. <laughs> and, so and one of the things that Adam said when he was younger, who knows what we were talking about? He goes, you know, mom, there's really no such thing as perfect, mm-hmm. but everybody's perfect just the way they are. Yeah. And, and again, we need to be more compassionate with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Life is a journey. Mm-hmm. None of us received a manual. Right. And we're all doing the best we can. We are all learning and growing. You know, the people that listen to this are definitely in that arena. And, you know, there are ways that we can get easier, faster results, better, quicker, faster more love, more yes. love, yes. more love, more love. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it really can be that simple, mm-hmm. yet we make it hard and it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, just being in your presence, I just feel this beautiful washing of love over me. I mean, you have really beautiful energy and um, yeah, like, I don't, I mean, you have been on your own journey, you have had your own struggles and your own challenges, and yet you still show up with loving kindness and 
you know, it's a really beautiful gift that you give to people. So thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. So how do you, my, my last question that I ask Wendy is how do you define real love? Hmm. You know, it's, um, I don't, it's, um, you know, for me, it's a very natural place. It's just, it, it comes from my heart and it, it expresses from my heart in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. I think if real love is authentic, it's natural, it's organic, it's not forced, it's not, you know, we're not trying to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. It just is. Mm-hmm. And it's at the core of who we are. And that's really who we are. And when we can get to a place where we realize all the misconceptions, all the erroneous thoughts, all the, what I refer to as mischief makers that go right. on in the mind, and also um, coming to terms with hurts that are still buried within, that are keeping you from that, uh, life gets to be much gentler. You know, it takes a whole lot to get me worked up. Um, and you know, that's not to say my life's just a cakewalk or everything's just peachy-keeny, right. um, but I, I, I live in that space probably the majority of time. Do, do people tell you ever that you live like in a rose-colored glasses world? No. No? No. <laughs> I think I'm pretty realistic about things. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a very down-to-earth um, person. I'm a very results-oriented person. Uh-huh. Um, I just happen to have a very sweet, gentle way of living that way for myself. And it's what I support others as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really beautiful. So, so how are you going to uh, top this book? I know you, you have a, you have a new book that you're getting ready to release and I do uh, please tell me about it. Yeah. So my first book, as you mentioned, was called the miracle that is your life. And we never got into how that was named, but there's a a wonderful story. And if you ever read it, you'll get the story. Um, And It's also how I somehow got in this miracle business. Um, And this book is titled, uh, It's Never Too Late to Live a Miraculous Life. Mm -hmm. And it's, I felt that it was time for this to come out because of what we are currently going through. Right. But also, I believe that. In every core of my being. I mean, as I mentioned, I'm soon to be 70. And there's still so much more I want to be experiencing in my life. You know, with adventures, with fun, with friends and family, but also making a much greater impact and contribution. And so, you know, I truly believe it. And I really thank my mom. She was, she was one of the people because of who she was in her life, Um, going back to college and finishing a college degree in her late 40s, starting a career early in her 50s, my father passing away and her starting to date again in her, somewhere in her 50s, I'm losing track of the chronological order, remarrying and having a beautiful second marriage for almost 21 years. And after Ted passed away, even having a third, um, not marriage, but But partner. uh, Yeah. And uh, um, at coming in at the age of 82. Wow. And my mom is still alive. She's 92. She lives about 10 minutes from me. She's not well. She has, um, she's in a memory care unit. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I don't get to see her. Um, oh yeah I've seen her about three yeah. times outside with plexiglass between oh, us so we FaceTime and we'll see but she um, but the point though is by her example she showed me it's never too late for a career it's never too late for love and and also because my dad passed away at such an early age it also left me First of all, with this intense mm, desire 
honor his life because mm-hmm. he left this earth, in my opinion, way too, too early. Mm-hmm. And also, it was his Hebrew name that started this whole miracle journey yeah. um, because his Hebrew name was Nissen, which means miracle. And Adam is named after my father and his father's grandfather, um, who also passed away. And his name was Charles, and that was Chaim. Uh-huh. And so Adam's Hebrew name is Nissan Chaim, which translates to the miracle of life. Yeah, which beautiful. That was pretty great. Um, so that's even, I kind of slipped in even how I got into the quote miracle business, but I love it. Um, I feel that again, I've been kind of guided to help people instill their faith and their hope and that so much is still possible no matter what. And if it's in your heart, it's your truth. And you, you never, I mean, you, I think you said, I have such trust in faith and in life. I do, you know, it doesn't, I mean, it's not to say that I never worry. I don't worry very often. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I do, it's like I'm I'm looking ahead. I'm trying to calculate what's going to happen, you know. And it's not time yet. So I I tend to live. I'm pretty good at living in the present. I mean, I have my targets. I have things I still want to be doing, experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. I I feel like this. Uh, this is a beautiful lesson for all of us, you know, it's just being present and tr- like trusting. I, this is something that I have struggled with um, throughout my life. It's like, I, when I look back, I go, everything, I mean, even the challenges, they all worked out somehow. You have no idea how. That's right. But you just have, it's like this innate remembrance and innate belief that we're supported and held and loved and cared for. And um, we just have to remind ourselves. Yep. And, you know, the other thing too, is that's why people like you and I do what we do to help that, that transition or that um, involvement, uh, that transformation a lot easier Mm -hmm. Uh, because it doesn't have to be, uh, contemplating your navel forever. Right. It doesn't have to be painful. Right. Um, that was that was my wish way back then when I had my accident. Um, I was in so much pain, oh, and um, and I remember having a conversation with God, and and just really praying, please help me find a way to dig out of this hole, and I promise I will pay it forward. Mm. And I'm blessed because that little wish got granted. And I just keep on wanting to pay that little baby forward. Yeah, and you certainly do, Wendy. I'm, ex- I'm excited for your new book. Oh, well, thanks. I'm excited too. <laughs> uh, so how do people get in touch with you to work with you and find out um, you know, about your relationship quotients test and your entry points and all that good stuff? Yeah, I got a yeah, I have a results accelerator. I have a lot of things. You do <laughs> developed over the years. Um, so it's so easy to get a hold of me. Uh, the one of the best things is just email me, Wendy at wendydarling.com. Okay. Um, if you can't remember that, if you at least remember my name. My website is wendydarling.com. There's a place that you can schedule a complimentary discovery session with me. I actually call it more of a heart-to-heart where I really want to hear what is it that you're interested in. I'll share maybe how I might be able to support you or even not. Um, and, And I love having those conversations. So, uh, that's really happening. I'm just getting ready in a couple weeks. Um, again, we're in early January to uh, offer what I'm calling your miraculous life journey jumpstart. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a smaller offer for people to 
you know, get a little jump start in their life again if they don't want to work with me more extensively. Mm-hmm. And especially during COVID, I wanted to be able to offer something that, you know, is, is much more affordable and easier for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the easiest way. Wendy at wendydarling.com. Perfect. Uh, well, you are beautiful. I'm so thankful that uh, you're here with me today. I really appreciate your presence and your energy and your wisdom. And um, I mean, you are just a big, big ball of love and light for me. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate the I appreciate the opportunity yeah. for us to have this conversation. Yeah, I love I love sharing the love. Uh, so, so for the listener, for the listeners, um, I appreciate, you know, if you feel like this conversation benefited you or could benefit someone that, you know, please subscribe and share wake up to real love podcast and, uh, write reviews so that we can, um, figure out how we can improve, you know, what we're offering you. Um, and, uh, you know, as Wendy and I were talking about, like, this is my mantra that I say for the podcast that the most important relationship you have that you'll ever have is the one you have with yourself because that's where it all starts. And then you, you know, like your different things that you, um, your different areas of, you know, waving your magic wand, like what do you want your home to look like? And what do you want your work to look like? And what do you want your family and your love relationship and all of these aspects that you have to imagine and feel into so that you can create this beautiful life of your dreams that's really inside of you already, right? All these desires were put in you um, and we just need to learn how to express them. (laughs) So thank you so much for being here, Wendy Darling. Uh, You are a beautiful, beautiful soul. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Yeah. So thank you for having me. You're welcome. Anytime, anytime. Uh, So listeners every day, wake up to more and more real love. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye. Subscribe to the wake up to real love podcast, leave five-star reviews, and of course, share with your friends. You can find Dawn on various social media platforms at Dawn Richard or at the Awakening with Dawn.